Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, April 28th, 2023, and this week, Lyft hits the chopping block, drivers aren't exempt, and cabbies can't sue. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And as always, from Legal Ride Chair, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greening. Brian, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Great to be back. Great to be back in this wonderful winter uh, week we've had. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> what has happened? It, it was so nice for a couple of weeks, and now here we are. You know, I think we had first spring, and, and soon we'll have uh, second spring coming soon. Unbelievable. If, if drivers are in Chicago, you know exactly what we're talking about. It, it teases us, and now, yeah. Second spring, please come here soon. Um, well, let's hit it off. We're going to start off with Monday here. Lyft's new CEO says layoffs are coming. Now, this is from The Guardian. They reported, quote, the ride-hailing service Lyft is preparing to lay off hundreds of employees just days after its new CEO, David Reiser, uh, began steering the company with an eye toward driving down costs. Uh, Reiser, I think I'm pronouncing that right, a former Amazon executive informed Lyft's workforce of more than 4,000 employees in an email that a, and he says, significant number of them will lose their jobs. Uh, Wall Street Journal estimated that about 1,200 employees will be laid off. Uh, I will say since this came out on Monday, I believe it was over 1,000 people have been laid off. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. That's the number that I've been seeing as well. And it's obviously sad. We don't like to see people losing their jobs, but it seems like a necessary cut for Lyft because they are really losing the price war with Uber. Um, we are over and over. I, I check the fares often between the two apps just to see where everybody is. And Lyft is almost always more expensive than Uber. And you just can't have any traction in the market if that's the case. Most rideshare users are uh, you know, not loyal. They are looking for the lowest price. And if Uber's always lower, then most people aren't even going to open the Lyft app. So again, while this is sad, I do think they need to find ways to save some money so that they can start competing if they are going to be a competitive player in this market. Yeah, I agree. And that, I mean, just across the board, um, as we discussed, I think last week, you know, the idea was Lyft was supposed to be kind of the better option. And I believe even in the beginning when they were focusing on branding and being that, I think people were willing to pay a little bit more for that experience. We've all learned that's no longer the case. Drivers aren't happy with them. I mean, even their deductible is higher than Uber's, isn't it? Well, right now they're the same. Oh, the, okay. the deductibles are the same and they're offering the same levels of insurance. But I can tell you that both Uber and Lyft insurance coverage has gotten worse over the years. And I think that relates to the cost of the insurance. So they're both looking at ways to pinch pennies and save money. And, uh, you know, we've seen them make cuts all across the board. And this uh, these layoffs are just the next level of that. Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll see what he does moving forward. This is step one. So hopefully this doesn't become a slash at drivers down the road. Uh, let's head off into Tuesday. China, uh, Chinese EV giant says autonomous driving is basically impossible. Now, this is from Inside EVs. They added, quote, BYD, which is China's largest electric vehicle seller, believes that fully autonomous driving is basically impossible and that the technology behind such driving assistance systems would be better suited to manufacturing. 
Uh, he apparently told us to reporters at the 2023 Shanghai Auto Show. Um, he's calling it a false proposition, and it'd be really difficult to do anywhere near the near future. Kind of what we're seeing across the board, Brian. That's what history has shown us so far. Uh, companies like Uber and Google and I think Apple to some extent have gotten involved in the uh, autonomous vehicle movement. And we have seen good progress, but nobody's been able to get over that hump. And this has been nearly a decade now that people have been talking about this. So to say that it's nearly impossible, we'll see what, you know, how technology changes over the, the next uh, few years and next decades. But right now, I would tend to agree because we're just not seeing it happen. And I have you know, everything I've read, all my experiences, I, I trust a human behind the car uh, in making decisions over the AI technology. You know what's interesting, too? He, this is the first time I've seen this. We have discussed this before, but he actually said, the spokesman from BYD, he also added that it would be difficult to pinpoint who is at fault in case of a traffic accident. Now, that's interesting, too, because, you know, again, that's our wheelhouse um, and even these, I mean, the largest EV manufacturers saying, well, we're going to have issues not just with the cars, but what happens when there's an accident? Well, as a personal injury attorney, that's definitely of interest to me. And <laughs> of course, I, right, yeah. I, I, I can tell you that if there's an autonomous vehicle out there that causes a crash, we're going to sue everybody because it's not on the injured person to to show that, oh, this was a technology malfunction versus a hardware malfunction versus a you know driver error. It, we're going to sue everybody, and we're going to let the court system figure it out. And, and that's going to be expensive for litigants. It's going to be expensive for companies. Uh, and ultimately, the goal is to make sure that the injured person gets compensated for their losses. Um, we're, we're not overly concerned with um, you know why it went wrong. It's just that it did. Yeah. Yeah, just like you said, I just there's so, there's so many factors, and that, that probably plays into them. A lot of these companies pulling back their uh, R and D on looking at autonom autonomous vehicles. They're probably like, this is just not worth the risks, uh, financially, legally, uh, you name it. So we'll yeah, see. It's expensive technology and it's expensive litigation. So there's going to be a lot of costs associated with uh, perfecting autonomous vehicles if they ever get there. Exactly. Well, let's head into Wednesday. It turns out Uber drivers are not interstate workers. This is from Reuters. They explain, quote, Uber drivers are not exempt from a U.S. law requiring them to bring work-related legal disputes in private arbitration rather than joining class action lawsuits in court. And this is from a U.S. appeals court ruled. Um, this is from a panel of the Philadelphia-based third U.S. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals said that U.S. drivers don't qualify um, for this from the arbitration law for workers involved in interstate commerce because they rarely cross state lines when transporting passengers. Now, this is a bit confusing to me. Is this a good or a bad thing, Brian, for drivers? Well, from a just a is it good or bad for drivers? It's probably a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, being forced to arbitrate cases rather than uh, class action lawsuits or having your day in a state or federal courthouse is generally not a positive outcome. Uh, there's a lot more secrecy. There's a lot fewer uh, discovery options, meaning drivers can find out less about the facts of their uh, 
you know, situation and information that companies like Uber and Lyft have on a particular situation. Um, but from a legal standpoint, it does seem like the the court got it right. We don't typically see drivers crossing state borders. Of course, it happens. A driver gets a big fare that that sends them to a different state. And in a city like Chicago, where we're right on the border with Indiana, I'm sure that our drivers might cross over more than others. But I got to think that the vast, vast, vast majority of rides are in one state and, and truly in, in one city. So uh, this is not really a rideshare decision, it, for lack of a better word. It's more of just a, you know, employment and uh, arbitration clause decision that looks at the class of people and says, "Are you interstate workers?" And I think for rideshare drivers, it, it is usually no. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That you know, there was it was interesting because usually in these cases, um, when they report on them, typically the drivers or Uber. Um, we'll have a statement or say this is a good thing or we're going to fight it. Both sides will say that. In this case, I, there's almost no, no response from either side. So I guess, like you said, this is just you know, by the books and they, they cited right. So interesting, interesting to know. Let's head into Thursday. Amazon Flex app apparently violates privacy law in Illinois. So this is from Top Class Actions. They explain, quote, Amazon fails to obtain the required informed consent before collecting, storing, and disseminating biometric identifiers obtained from its Amazon Flex users. This is the new class action lawsuit alleges. Um, so basically, this is arguing that Amazon uses its recognition image. Yeah, image is called recognition, which is its image recognition technology to capture Amazon Flex users image data, but fails to make it clear how long they retain it. Um, this is interesting. I know this is focused on the uh, the user side, but is I wonder if this is going to have any implications just even for Amazon Flex drivers. Well, if they're doing it on one side, I, I don't think it's too big of a stretch to think that they're doing it on the other in, in terms of collecting information that they shouldn't be or without giving sufficient warning that, that they are collecting the data. Um, this is going to be expensive for Amazon. When these sorts of violations are uncovered, you do see class action lawsuits. And um, there have been social media companies that have recently had huge settlements, um, even in Illinois, um, where the average user of a website gets their information taken without their consent and used inappropriately. Um, and the companies have to write big checks and people who have been harmed as a result um, receive compensation. So I would certainly be looking at litigation um, in the near future and I think that, as you mentioned, it's probably not going to, to stop just with the consumer. It, it might very well uh, transfer over to the worker. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, this just this just got exposed, and it's in right here in Illinois. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. This could, this could start to unravel even on a national level if it's starting here. I mean, I can't imagine Illinois is the only state that they're doing this, obviously. I wouldn't think so. I, I think that their practices are probably the same everywhere that they operate obviously we can't we can't confirm that but it just seems like why would they do it one way in illinois and another way in indiana or wisconsin right now we're going to head into friday new york city cabbies can't sue uber over medallions this is from autoblog they explain quote new york's top state court uh, on thursday threw out claims by yellow cab operators that new york city diminished the value of their taxi licenses 
by failing to rein in the app-based competitors uh, like Uber and Lyft. The New York's uh, Court of Appeals in a unanimous ruling said the city's taxi and limousine commission, TLS, uh, TLC, never promised yellow cab companies that it would take steps to protect the value of their licenses. Uh, these, pretty shocking, but makes sense. The company claims that the value of these medallions they purchased in 2013 for an average of $1.3 million each fell about 75% over the next few years uh, as the app-based services became more popular. I mean, I think it's right, but it's, it's still a serious blow to taxi drivers. It is. It's really unfortunate the, what's happened to taxi drivers over the past decade plus. They really got the short end of the stick. There were a lot of drivers who invested their their entire lives into taxi work and purchasing medallions. It was their retirement. They were going to work and make their day-to-day living with the fares that they uh, earned and then sell the medallion when they when it was time to retire. And that was going to be how they rode off into the sunset. And when companies like Uber and Lyft were allowed to come in and really break all the rules and mess up the system, uh, those medallions plummeted in value and, frankly, will never recover. So um, from a human perspective, this is awful. And, and I, I don't know that Uber and Lyft can necessarily be held accountable for the plight of the taxi industry legally. They're certainly responsible as a, you know, as a player in, in that space. But legally speaking, it was up to the government to enforce the rules, and it was up to the government to decide what was uh, legal or allowable in their jurisdictions. And here we saw most big cities just do nothing when these companies uh, started changing the, the playing field. So claims against Uber, I, I don't really see it in terms of a, uh, a you know a, anything with legal footing um but i i do feel for the the taxi industry yeah i do too and it's well said i mean it's it really was up to the governments the local governments to step in and you know some have now but you know kind of too little too late uh, kind of leaves them out high and dry which is it's terrible and it, i don't i don't see them ever recovering and that's that's you know it's terrible um it's their livelihoods so um, but yeah, before we head off into the weekend, I'm going to give you the floor, Bryant, and um, yeah, and then we'll be off. Just a reminder that if anything happens this weekend, if you're in an accident, sustain an injury on the job, Legal Rideshare is always available for a free consultation. Uh, you can reach us uh, through our website, LegalRideshare.com. You can email us at help at LegalRideshare.com. Um, and we are always here to fight for you um, for any damages that you sustain while on the road. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. And as I like to always end these segments, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.